Hello, and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I will give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interests, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to Lee Hopkins. He is a coach who helps create lasting friendships, and he is also a trans man. He would find himself lonely even though he had friends, and now he helps others. So he's here to talk a little bit about his life and what he does. So I'm excited to have him here today. So Lee, thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Wow, Sarah, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I really appreciate being able to share my story with as many people as I can. So I'm glad to actually just chat with you today. So a little bit about me, like I said, I grew up pretty lonely because I wasn't able to share my uh, myself with other people. And so just jumping right into my story, I moved around a whole lot trying to find that right tribe of people. And that, it, I found that <laughs> it's just, I'm laughing because I think about it. Every time I, I say it, it's like how fruitless it felt, you know, going around looking for my group of people, trying to fit in. So I, I grew up in a small town in Ohio. And in that town, I felt lonely and disconnected from people, my family. I, I had a couple of friends, but I didn't really, you know, I have a really deep connection with them. And then I, I had an opportunity to go to college. When I went there, it's a whole new place, all new people. I thought certainly going to have a new experience and I'm going to find people to connect with. Because I thought, well, I just didn't find my tribe when I was living in my small town. I go to this college and same, same thing happens. I'm not able to really make lasting connections with people. I, I always feel like I'm not fitting in some way, somehow, even though people have come from all over to come to this college. So it's, it's just a, a lot of that repeating in my life. A lot of it. So then what did you kind of do to get to where you are now? Well, um, I decided that, first of all, Ohio was not a place for me to live. <laughs> I, I left the entire state. I had an opportunity to leave. So um, after college, I started working a job that had an opportunity in California. So I thought, well, there's nothing really here. I'm going to go to California. California is bigger. It's a Blue State, they have avocados, they have lots of culture. That's what I was thinking. And so I had an opportunity to, to go there and to be a new person and show up as a different me, more exciting, more connecting, whatever I thought that that was going to make a genuine connection. And out there, I started uh, karaoke. I loved karaoke, so I started doing karaoke. Because one of the things I felt was that I couldn't talk about my feelings, but I could sing them. And certainly with Liquid Courage, I could sing them loudly. And so I became like a mini celebrity on the scene. Like a lot of people knew me. I walk in, the bartenders had my drinks ready, things like that. And I still found myself pretty lonely. Absolutely lonely. So at this point, I'm still presenting as a female, um, dating women, not really connecting with people. So I had another opportunity to move. So again, I realized that it was the entire state of California that was wrong. <laughs> and I had to leave. So I moved to Chicago where I am now. And in Chicago, I basically hit the ground and another opportunity to reinvent myself. And I found the, the people 
I found the queer community. I found the people and language to put together to what I thought I was feeling, what I thought was missing for me fitting in, just me being my authentic self, right? I mean, I've heard that so many times. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. Is afraid to be yourself. So I'm thinking, well, I came out of the closet once as a lesbian in Ohio, and then I moved to California, and I'm feeling like I'm being my authentic self in California, being all lesbian and stuff, lesbian karaoke. And then I moved to Chicago, and here I find people to say, oh, really, you're, you're not connecting with other people because you need a transition. This is not what they're saying to me, but this is what I feel inside. I thought that was the answer. That was the feeling. And I transitioned. I transitioned about six months before I got down. So people didn't really know me, my history or anything. They just always saw a man. They always saw a male. And man, Sarah, would you believe that I was still lonely? <laughs> would you believe that I was still lonely? And not that I am uh, upset about the transition that I made. I'm, I want to change back or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. It's not like a life choice I've made that I regret. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying and what I've noticed is that little things, there are little things like that. Um, transitioning seems like a little thing, but in the grand scheme of things, stepping into your truth is what really makes the connection and living fully in your truth really makes the connection. And so what I mean by that is that well, although I transitioned, I really still didn't like myself. I was still hiding something. I was part of the queer community, but it also wasn't. I was with groups who had a different language than I did, because I'm different ideals, different values than I did. So I step into these groups, and of course, they have the same trans experience, but there are still values that are different. So they may be protesting. They may be using language that I'm not used to, like Zer and the politically correct language that I don't know of. And I felt kind of ostracized. It still felt like I was out of the group. I'm making a different amount of money. I have a whole background life experience that's different. And it's not, we're not connected on just the fact that we're trans. It just doesn't happen. It didn't happen that way. And so I felt so lonely because of that. And I realized, oh, that's it. That's it. That's the problem. I'm not really connecting with people because I'm not really being and living my authentic self and not just how I look, but also my values or my beliefs, those things deep down, sharing those things. And so how I got to where I am today is that I discovered how that feels to make connections with people for myself. I felt it for myself. And then I had to just like, oh, I've got to tell everybody. I've got to tell everybody, everybody, everybody. This is how you do it. <laughs> so I've made it, it my, I guess the rest of my life, I would like to just dedicate to helping people make these genuine connections, making lasting friendships. Yeah. And I think that's like super important to come to that realization. So you talked a little bit how um, you were even feeling ostracized in the trans community. So what was your transition period like for you? Well, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I actually had a girlfriend at the time who was very helpful and I felt very accepted by her because of the, the physical change, the physical change. But 
it seems like our, our values weren't connected. So it was like they accepted the fact that I was transitioning, but it seemed like I was just grasping on because I was alone and I was afraid because I'm going through this change and not many people understand what it means to be trans. So this is something that was like maybe seven years ago, seven or eight years ago. And Caitlyn Jenner was just coming out, but still I still had to share this intimate, deep part of myself or just have this fear that I'd be found out or something like that was always circling around with me. So maybe people in the trans community could understand that, that little fear exactly. Or maybe there were people who really stepped into themselves and they were like, this is it. I'm queer. I'm here. And I need people to see me fully. And they expressed that. And I felt just disconnected from all of it. Just kind of afraid, just like they were supportive as they, they could be because they saw me as a, a person on their level. But when it comes to this deep, intimate part of knowing each other, that just didn't exist. So do you still have experiences where you're like afraid of people finding out that you're trans? Um, not anymore, not anymore. Like I used to have it a whole lot and that depends like, yeah. Cause I'm thinking, Hmm, trying to, I'm, I'm running diagnostic on my brain here and thinking, well, what situations have I been in? Because when I first transitioned, I was terribly afraid about people finding out and especially after me and my partner broke up right we broke up and i'm like oh well now i have to go in the dating scene <sighs> and it's just, it sucks for people who are hetero people it, it sucks all the time it's like we, i mean you have the largest amount of people who who want to date you right and you don't have to really explain much to them but now i have to go explain my whole body and who I am to them. So I would, I would do lots of experiments to, to get to where I am now, to get to the comfort level that I am now. So the, when I was trying to make friends, I was in therapy and it's like, well, what do I do? Well, I guess I should just talk to people, right? Talk to people about being trans. And I didn't know where the boundary was. Honestly, I didn't know where the boundary was, how much is too much, who should I talk to, when should I talk about it? I didn't understand those things. So I had to figure out what it was going to be. And I'm here in Chicago, and one day I go do uh, go to stand up. I find Eventbrite to go to stand up all by myself, and I figure I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to go hang out with some somebody. I'm going to talk to them. We're going to have a. I'm going to make a connection. Darn it, I'm going to do it. So, so I have my beer, talk to this guy, and I really, really just wouldn't know that I'm a trans person unless I told you. So somehow I steered the conversation towards that to see how he'd react to just being trans, trans and, and LGBTQ and all that stuff. So it was early in my transition. And he said that he'd never seen a trans person before, never met one before. And in my brain, I thought, well, we're cool. We've been talking for like five minutes here. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and reveal myself. And so I share with him, uh, you know, I'm trans and his eyes, I tell you, for real, they bugged out. They did a cartoon bug out. <sighs> Boom. His face like dropped, his jaw dropped and everything. It was so surreal. And he didn't say another word to me, put his beer down and he left. He left the venue completely. I was like, wow. 
I felt so isolated and so lonely. And so that rejection was really hurtful, but also for time has passed. And also for them, that was probably a traumatic experience. They've never seen one. They don't understand the process of how, why anyone would do this. And here you are thinking you're safe talking to a person about how you feel about that stuff. And they reveal it on you. Boom. (laughs) I can see that that must've been a whole event for him. But for me, wow. I just felt like, wow, man, I should never, I can't make friends with that. People I don't even want to have sex with won't talk to me if I tell them. But how am I, how am I ever going to get a date? Stuff like that just made me feel really insecure. And so um, it's something that I think I could have talked to the trans community about if I had been better connected and more secure about myself. But I just couldn't do that either. And so what is it that you do now when you're meeting new people and talking about your identity? Well, um, I have posted on my website. So most recently I told, I met somebody new and I really liked their energy, not trying to date them romantically or anything like that. But I realized that the information is out there because I tell them I'm a coach and this is what, you know, this is what you do for a living usually just comes up. Right. And so here's website, take a look or whatever. And it's there. We can talk, we can see it, but I also don't say like, Hey, I'm trans. I don't do that. I just, I leave it out purposefully. I leave it out unless I feel like it's relevant for the conversation. And I'm thinking about the most recent conversation that I had about it it's been a while since I've introduced myself to someone in, in person. And so this was in person and we talked and I would actually just kind of ask questions to kind of suss out how they feel about LGBTQ. Cause I definitely don't want to have that trauma that happened to that one guy all those years ago. I don't want to have that effect. I don't want that effect on me either, but I don't also want to waste my time and energy trying to get to know a person who really doesn't like or can't understand or is not willing to understand the core of who I am. I don't want to do that either. So I want to get them to notice. I want to get a a read on that as soon as possible. And what would happen if while trying to like meet someone new, you came to the realization, yeah, they don't support the LGBTQ plus community or they aren't willing to at least like take the steps to understand why people identify in that community. Yeah. Well, um, what I would do is I would actually start trying to understand more about who they are. So we'll just say like, okay, the closeness thing, I'm not really trying to get there. Uh, Like I, I just kind of switch my gears and think about, being curious about who they are, like kind of like what you're doing, introducing me. I want to be curious about who they are and how they got to those points. Because I know that at every, every person just really wants to be understood. And if I rail at them with this kind of, I reveal myself as a advocate or a, a trans person, and I reveal all kinds of 
and be all kinds of angry and and uh, aggressive if I present myself in that way to them. That's not going to help the cause of the case. It's also not going to help me understand them in a little more. It's just going to get back a little bit of fire and, and stuff. So try and keep myself safe by recognizing where they are. So if they're really intensely full of hate, or I, I don't really like to say that hate, but they really intensely disagree with my lifestyle and they can't handle anything about me, then I kind of get to cut my loss. I know that I can't communicate or I have to be safe with it. There's no sense in me trying to be curious about them when they just can't see past themselves and their own beliefs. So I would look for that first and be safe. And then I would look for an opportunity to kind of figure out, we're not asking specifically about what's going on with LGBTQ for them. It's about knowing who they are and where they've come from in their experiences. So just connecting on those things. Because I'm, I'm trans, but that's just one facet of who I am. So what other facets of yourself make you, you? What other facets? Well, I had this opportunity to um, move from state to state to state. <laughs> so that's not something I think that everyone does, is have an opportunity to do that. You know, I, I grew up in a small town, and now I live in a big city. That happens, I guess. I... Uh, do karaoke. I did karaoke, past tense. I did a lot of karaoke and I organized an event, but organized people. It's kind of like uh, American Idol kind of style karaoke where people were just like uh, able to come and do competitions. That's why I envisioned doing competitions, but we did a lot of events together. Um, you know, the hobbies, my values. Like I used to work in corporate America as a trans person in this value that has since changed. But one of the things that separated me, I guess, from the queer community initially was not the understanding that, well, just because I transitioned doesn't mean that I'm going to have all these rights and privileges that come with it and being a, a male in this space and act like a bro. It's because that's just not going to happen. That's just not what we do here. We're queer people. We understand we're already oppressed and you're not going to get into this group of oppressing people, oppressed people and become an oppressor. You can stop that right there. Stuff like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I, no, I don't have any more to add to that. That's okay. Um, uh, can I ask why you stopped doing karaoke? Oh, yeah. Well, I left it when I was in California. I left the karaoke scene and then I transitioned here and I in Chicago and I did try to go karaoke. I did. My voice changed a whole lot. And some of the songs that I wanted to sing just didn't didn't. Uh, didn't sound great, you know? I really like, one of my favorite songs to sing was Spice Girls' Wannabe. Come on, everybody gets up to that. Everybody loves it. You gotta, you gotta slap, slap. See, it doesn't even sound right. <laughs> Sunny body down and wind it all around. Ha, ha. See, I can't do the notes or anything anymore. So um, there's a lot of songs that I wanted to sing and I felt like I wasn't able to anymore. I felt very self-conscious about it. And the biggest thing 
I guess, was that I didn't find what I was looking for. So I had built this whole community in a new bunch of people in California. And I didn't really know them, know them. I didn't. People that I drank with and we sang with and we said, hey, great job every once in a while. But I knew nothing about them when they left the bar. And it was the same for me. And I was finding that I was just so much, so lonely. And then here I was in Chicago creating that same thing again, created it again. So I stopped doing that because I was going to create the same pattern that I've that done before. And so then are you still finding at times that you are lonely? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, man, that happens. And it's, I'd say it's a lot because of doing my own self-discovery. So I know a lot of people have involuntarily had to sit with themselves, had to sit down and with people in the house and they're stuck with them and they realize that, well, they don't really like themselves or they don't really like the person that they're with, or they want something different and new and trying to figure out exactly what that is can be a lonely experience because like at the end of the day, I think people who people want to be understood and that's, that's just it. People want to be understood. And if there's no one there to understand you, if you don't understand yourself, then how are you going to be understood? That's all roundabout. It's all like kind of uh, a loop in, of confusion. But what I discovered is that being anchored in who you are can be a lonely experience if you don't know where to start. You're doing your, your own self uh, searching and your own soul searching and there's nobody to, that's going to help you find it. You've got to find it yourself. So um, being lonely and being alone, quoted as two different things, but yeah, absolutely being lonely sometimes, not knowing what I want to do, why I want to do it, what the purpose is. But I usually, I have a couple of tools to help myself get back to, to feeling like this is okay. Because that's all we can do is be okay. <laughs> And would you mind sharing what those tools are? Oh, um, yeah. No, like, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, actually, yeah, that's fine. I am excited to, to share with you gratitude. Gratitude is the thing. And I've heard this before, and I tell you, I rolled my eyes. rolled my eyes so hard because I'm like, this is stupid. Like grateful for what? I'm here, I'm bored, I'm alone, I can't figure out what to do. I'm tired of scrolling through Netflix. YouTube sucks, there's nothing on Hulu. Oh man, there's nobody to talk to. These forums, just everything is boring and uninteresting and just stupid. And so gratitude right there, because we all have hit that point, definitely. We've had enough of everything at one point in time. And looking at how you can be grateful or how I can be grateful for whatever it is that I'm experiencing for the feeling, for the feeling and the experience is what has helped me move through it. So let's take Netflix, for example, we're scrolling through Netflix and like, oh, I'm grateful to be able to have this time to scroll through, uh, you know, kind of grateful to 
explore and see something new. I'm grateful to have this, uh, whatever basics down to the basics, the money to pay for Netflix or the, the eyes to see Netflix, those things, just being grateful for that helps you feel like, helps me, help me feel like, yeah, this is okay. You know, I, I'm having an experience and I can go have another experience. And, um, so on top of that, um, another thing that I use is just looking for something new and different. So I have this experience uh, I'm going to be grateful for, but I also want to have an experience that's new and different. So I'm scrolling through Netflix and I'm completely bored. Pick something I've never picked before and think I would hate. Go. And then do something with that experience. Because all I'm really looking for is a new, a new stimulation. Something else. I don't want to go into this mindset, go into this TV show and think, oh man, I'm going to hate it. Okay, well, I can do that. I can do that and I can go have that experience. It's much better than having the one where I'm just scrolling through and just doing nothing and feeling like I'm doing nothing. Why don't I just hate watch something? (laughs) Or, you know, just have just a new outlook, you know, learn something. What can I learn from this? Just stimulating in those ways. Have you ever found that you've liked something that you've hate watched? Uh, yes. Yes, I have. I have. And it surprised me. It surprised me. Um, I forget what it was called, but it was a, it was one where I think there's all good looking people on an island and they couldn't have sex or kiss or touch or anything. And they would be able to, to get a pool of money if they just made it through. Not, they all had this crazy chemistry and the experiment, I guess the idea was for that they for them to get to know each other and develop genuine relationships instead of in addition to or deeper relationships than just, you know, the physical ones. And it was like, oh, that's that's an interesting concept. But you know, some of those characters <laughs> it's just like it's just like, man, you guys at the end of it, they were like, you know, I felt like we we fell in love and we're we're connected. We we love each other and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you. I don't think so. Are you really gonna get married after? I don't know. <laughs> but it was fun to just put myself in in that in that position. Yeah. So what is uh, you mentioned? I believe that you are a coach. So what is it that you coach people for or with? Oh well. I coach them to help them understand that that little thing that they're hiding, that they don't want other people to find out. That's the, that is the key, I think, to being lonely. And what loneliness is, is that there is something that's really important to you, really awesome about you, that you want to share with other people. But you're afraid to do it because they think, they're not going to like you because you think they're not going to like you when you share this thing. And so you're alone, you're lonely and you stay lonely. And while you're alone and lonely, there's this fear of being alone that creeps up with you, the loneliness fear. So you're there and you're like, what if I'm alone forever? But you are because you're not doing this one thing. You're not sharing yourself, but I don't want to share myself because I'm going to be alone. Well, you already are. 
So let's share yourself. And, and people step out and they start sharing themselves like I did, like I did and the guy ran away. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it didn't, and the guy ran away and then they go back into that. And I, I help them understand that. And this is why I share my trans experience is that yes, that is going to happen. Thank goodness. There's gratitude in that because those people are making it easier for you to find the people who really want to see you, who really are interested in you. I probably would have never been able to talk to you, Sarah, if I hadn't stepped into my truth and, and been comfortable with this, been comfortable with sharing who I am. And I don't tell people to go get on the mic and go share everything with everybody, but it's important that there are some people who understand your experience, that little piece of you, and help them figure out what it is and how to share it. And so then how did you make the transition from corporate America to being a coach? Oh boy. (laughs) I love this question. Well, last year in 2021, there was the great resignation. I don't know if it's still going on. I don't know if people are still, I've seen so many videos of people like in, uh, McDonald's just like jumping in the the tubs of water, the, the sinks. They were just like, they're doing something grand on their last day. I'm like, forget about all this. Screw everything. I I don't want to say that I jumped on the top of a table and and said, you all suck and I'm out of here. I did not do that. But I just handed my resignation and, and I just said, you know, I had a cool boss a really cool boss who was very understanding and was like, yeah, you know what this, he known that I've been working the coaching uh, alongside of corporate America. And I really felt like, wow, this is the opportunity to do something more meaningful and more dedicated and I mean, more fulfilling. And so after that, so this was like late last year, I started to dedicate myself more to, to coaching full time. So it was more of a, it was easier, I guess, because other people were doing it. <laughs> so that just makes me a follower. <laughs> but I I just has handed my resignation and my, my supervisor already knew that I was um, interested. I was already had my coaching and all this stuff aside. So they were prepared. <laughs> and that's, that's okay. It doesn't necessarily mean you're a follower. You did what was right for you in the moment. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So do you think that coaching and being in Chicago will be a long-term thing for you? Yes, I definitely think that it will be. Um, I like Chicago a whole lot. I can't wait till we start really opening back up and experiencing, um, you know, all that it is, you know, paying the rent to stay in a place. And for many, for a couple of, for a while here, I felt like, well, I could just, you know, move somewhere else and save on rent because I'm not, you know, I'm not in the city. So I'm not enjoying the city. I'm not able to enjoy it, but I'm looking forward to it opening back up. Um, I really like escape rooms and puzzles and things like that. So I hope to, to connect with people and try some of my techniques that I developed while being alone, like really realizing my values and what I really want from people and how, and start talking to those people in person 
so that I can make more more connections with people. Um, I think that coaching and, and loneliness, that's not going away. I, I don't think that it's going away now. Everyone feels a bit of loneliness and it's hard to just realize that there's something that you need to change. Because that's not what happened with me. I had help, I went to therapy, and they kind of helped me see the things that I couldn't see about myself to make, to make better connections, to understand who I was, to be more comfortable with that. So I think providing that kind of service for people, no matter what, no matter where we are, isn't going to go away. And that's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. So what is it that kind of brought you specifically to Chicago when you were fleeing California? <laughs> I definitely was running, 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 running from everything. Uh, well, what brought me here was just a job opportunity. So I've been working with the same company since Ohio. And so they actually moved. I actually had an opportunity to move to Chicago or California. And then I got promoted and I moved to Chicago. And that just happened to be where the headquarters was. And very, it's a very scary experience because I had moved from Ohio to Chicago with someone. I was dating someone at the time. And although we weren't really, really compatible, we had moved together because I didn't want to be alone and I they were fleeing from something of their own, right? And so we fell apart in California. And at this time when I moved from California to Chicago, I was doing this alone, completely alone. I sold all my stuff, my car, uh, most of my things. I'd actually packed up uh, seven boxes and I shipped them UPS. And then I got a plane ticket and I flew over. And that's how I got this I got here and I had to buy everything else when I made it here. But um, it's a very, I'm, grat I'm grateful of the gratitude. I'm grateful for that experience because when I look back on it, it's like, I guess I could have been anywhere. I'm, I was looking for a job. I was looking for something new and different. It could have gone, I could have gone anywhere, but I made it here to Chicago. And in Chicago, there was so much more opportunity too. So what else would you like to share with the listeners about whether yourself personally or the good work that you're doing as a coach? Um, about myself personally, I would say that confidence and stuff, we see people who are out there who, who seem like they know everything and they've got it all figured out. They don't really... They don't. <laughs> and just believing that, just knowing that is true, will help you so much. It helped me so much thinking that, shoot, I don't know everything. And I feel like when I look at other people, they have their lives together. They know what they're doing. They've got a, they've got a partner, they've got a car. 
they've got a nice job and a nice house and they wear a suit and tie. But in the inside, they're just winging it, just like us, just like me. And so realizing that and having the awareness that, you know, it's, it's okay not to know, just be grateful that you have this experience being grateful that you have this experience will, will help a lot in coming when it comes to um, connecting with yourself so that you can connect with other people. And do you think that you have your life together? Yes. <laughs> well, I think that knowing that it's all messed up is, it's never going to be like whatever ideal perfect is. It's always going to be experience of ups and downs. Always. It's going to be comfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. Always. And so when I hit something that is really crappy, it feels awful. It's terrible. I'm like, oh, it's supposed to be like this. I guess that's okay. And then when the up comes, and I'm like, oh, well, awesome. It's supposed to be like this. I guess it's okay. So that really helps me feel like I've got my life together by knowing I don't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that, that is awesome right there. Now you've mentioned a couple times that previously you were in therapy. Is that still something mm -hmm. that you are doing? Oh, no, I have left therapy because I think there's, there is a point where you get what you need. And then you only need the skills. I think you only need the skills and you get that and you keep applying. So there's always going to be ups and downs. And what I got out of therapy was how to deal with the downs and how to, how to deal with the ups too. You know, there's, there's things that I needed to learn about self-discovery, about um, handling my own emotions, about taking responsibility for my own actions and connecting with people and, and speaking my truth and being able to, um, how I re react to other people in situations and events. All those things are skills that you learn and you take with you and you apply it to life. I don't need another English class because I speak English okay. I'm okay with it. I can communicate with other people. It's kind of like how I view therapy. You get what you need and you continue to apply it. And I adjust as it goes along. The words are changing. People are using... Um, slang new slang now and i'm like oh my god i'm almost 40 years old and i don't know what i <laughs> i mostly think that people say stuff like fire i'm like that's fire i know what fire means okay but there's more slang out there that i don't know that i will adjust and understand you know i can still communicate that's the whole point is that i take it i use it and i continue to grow with it and so um that's what i think all kinds of learning is supposed to be like if you go to therapy if you go to coaching you can't stay with you can't be coach and client for years upon years i don't want that i don't want that for you i will we can we can touch base we can refresh but i really hope that you take your skills you take the information you learn you grow and you experience life the way you want to yeah that that definitely makes a lot of sense it's just like kind of reframing that mindset of getting the tools you need and doing what you need to do with it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So it really helps and really helps you 
it helped me feel empowered. Like I didn't have to wait. I remember once I was, I had some kind of big issue and some problem and I had to wait to group therapy to talk about it. And I was thinking, man, I just wish I had somebody to talk to instead of waiting for group therapy. So I have to have this intense emotion where I have to keep it for a whole another five days before I can talk about it. And then I have to wait my turn. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, just terrible. So having the tools to deal with it is, is, is very helpful now. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have any more specific questions, but I've loved hearing everything you've had to share with us today. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to start to wrap things up. Absolutely. At the end of all my episodes, I do ask a random question. So there, there is one more question for you. What is your opinion on roller coasters? <laughs> I laugh pretty heartily because I had interviewed with someone and I'd mentioned how much I disliked roller coasters just out of the blue. <laughs> and it is not because roller coasters are are terrible things or they're designed the way they're designed or anything like that. It's that the time it takes to get onto a roller coaster is really frustrating for me. And I could be grateful about standing in line and and talking to someone for three hours to get on the ride that lasts for just a few minutes. Absolutely. But I choose to do something else with my time because when I go to an amusement park, the last time I was at an amusement park, I was like, oh man, every ride, there's just like people. And it's like two hours for this one. And it's an hour and a half for this one. And it's three hours for that one. And it's like, we spent the whole day here and I've only gotten a few rides and I feel so disappointed. So I don't have as much value. I don't value them as much as um, I used to when I was younger, when that was super, when it was just super thrilling. And I didn't mind waiting and I had such energy, you know. So um, overall, I say roller coasters are fun. I see why people love them. They give you a really thrilling feeling. They're not for me. <laughs> All right, that brings this episode to a close. Of course, I will be leaving a link to Lee's website in the description if you would like to go check out all of the great things he is doing and connect with him. And if you would like to check out more re resources and the social media for the podcast, our website is in the description as well. That brings you to Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of those places advertise every single episode that we release every week, along with all the past information from everything prior. And if you'd like to support the podcast monetarily, a link for that is in the description as well, as long as my email address, if you would like to connect with me and be a guest on the show. So thank you so much, Lee, for spending time with me today and to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story. Until next time. Bye. Take care. <laughs>